Coming up on BBP News, President Biden has promised to veto the GOP-led debt ceiling bill. There are some major changes coming for the mortgage rules. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. It is Friday, April 28th, 2023. Chris is back with us today. So, Chris, jump in in the normal Friday morning fashion by giving us the weather headed into this weekend. In Los Angeles, California, it is partly cloudy, 76, with a partly cloudy weekend. In Houston, Texas, it is sunny, 84, with thunderstorms. And in Chicago, Illinois, it is partly cloudy, 55, raining. But in New York City, it is cloudy, 57, with rain throughout the weekend. Yeah, all right. Now, I've been saying this on the past few news episodes, Chris, uh, but it feels like spring is officially springing, especially here in New York. The rain, the April showers have definitely been abundant. You know, I got to tell you, I'm not a big fan of these April showers. I'll take it over snow. Well, and, yeah. But- and that's something I've been saying, because like uh, I was talking on here last episode about something that I learned about. The foot of snow? The foot of snow in May. Yeah. In May, back in 2002. And uh, as long as we don't do that, because the the stipulations behind that was that that year, they had hit 80 degrees in April, and we've already hit that multiple times. We've hit 90. Yeah. Very close, too, anyway. So Where I live, we hit 91. If we hit a foot of snow in May, I'm going to cry. Oh, I'm not going to be happy. (laughs) I will experience the earthquake from here. Because, you know, like, I've already cleaned up from, like, after the plows and everything. Right, right. And, like, the ground won't be frozen, so the mess that that will create... Oh, it'll be a nightmare. It'll just be, like, a muddy, slushy mess. Yeah, it'll be nightmare fuel. Because what'll happen, too, is, like, the next two days afterwards will both be, like, 70 degrees. Because that's how New York works. Yeah. Um... So, no snow. No snow. You know, but I'm not happy with these snow or rain showers because, like, I'm having to move my entire schedule up because I'm already having to mow. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. You can hear the grass growing right now. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Because like, not only is it rain, but there is sun in there, too. Like, that, they're actually going back and forth like they're supposed to. And it's scary. And, you know, I'm going to have to mow the lawn at work next week. Yeah. Because the grass is, like, getting tall, tall where it needs to be. Right. Um, and usually I'm not doing that for like another two weeks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's insane. Which two weeks isn't, doesn't sound like a lot, but it's... It's a lot. Yeah. Mid, you know, towards the end of April versus mid-May, it becomes a lot very quickly. So, that it's insane. I am enjoying the fact that it is getting warmer, though. I can't complain about that all too much, even with the rain. Yeah, and you know what? Annie's been loving this weather. Oh, I bet. Um, you know, Oof. cooped up all winter. She's getting her running in. Yeah. She's having a grand old time. Um, but you know, when we had those 80 degree spells, I was ready to open the pool. I don't blame you. Yeah. Those were days where I would have absolutely loved a pool. It, just beautiful days. Nice and sunny. Well, come oh. on over, Nick. You can go swimming. Yeah. I'll head over right now, even though it is definitely not that kind of temperature today. But polar and plunge. still a uh, tarp on it, so. Hey, hey, we can get around that. <laughs> but, you know, it's like a trampoline. So you, ah, you, you get perfect. wet, and if you, like, dive, you'll be good. 
you, you know, dive into it and it's like a trampoline. You can literally bounce on the thing. There you go. So, you know what? That would actually be fun to watch. Yeah, well, we're, we'll record it. We'll put it on YouTube. It'll be a whole time. It'll be a great, great afternoon. Cuts to Annie sitting in the corner pissed off because she was trained to stay <laughs> off the green tarp. Why is the human on it? But I can't be. Yeah. Uh, Knowing her, she would be like, well, screw you. I'm going on the tarp anyway. Yeah. Yeah. That would break the entire pattern of discipline. Yeah. So we'll just keep her in the house for that one. Yeah. Yeah keep her away but uh anyways we got plenty of news to get into ai political ads have entered the 2024 presidential campaign and you need to keep your head on a swivel by now you've probably already seen president biden's re-election campaign video finish this job i know we can because this is the united states of america there's nothing simply nothing we cannot do if we do it together. as is normal the opposing party released its own counter video the rnc released this this morning, an emboldened China invades Taiwan. Financial markets are in free fall as 500 regional banks have shuttered their doors. Border agents were overrun by a surge of 80,000 illegals yesterday evening. Officials closed the city of San Francisco this morning, citing the escalating crime and fentanyl crime. Now, here's the thing about the audio that we just played. None of it is real. Those scenarios, those images, all generated hypotheticals created by artificial intelligence you can see in the top left corner of the video it says in light white writing quote built entirely with ai imagery the youtube caption reads that this is a quote ai generated look into the country's possible future if joe biden is re-elected in 2024 so the rnc is openly and voluntarily admitting that the imagery in this video is not real but the fact is the technology exists and there is no law that requires political campaigns or anyone, in fact, to disclose when made up AI imagery is being used. So as we enter another volatile election cycle where the AI Wild West is fully unleashed, we want you to be quite aware that it is here and to be very careful where you get your information from. Hey guys, just jumping in with a quick note about the section coming up. So we're going to talk about the debt ceiling bill, the Limit Save Grow Act that we've been reporting on. And in that section, we talk about how it hasn't been passed yet. Well, this was recorded before the vote happened in the House for the bill that happened Wednesday afternoon. The bill has been passed and was passed by a vote of 217 to 215 and now goes to the Senate, where, as we mentioned in the show, it is unlikely to pass. But I just wanted to give that update so that this next section makes a little bit of sense if you have seen that vote already. But anyways, back to the show. Please enjoy. The debt ceiling fight in Washington, D.C. has now entered the veto territory. As we have been reporting for months, we are now just about a month away from a possible debt default for the first time in the United States history. To address the possible debt default and offer a counterproposal to President Biden's budget proposal, Speaker McCarthy introduced the Limit Save Grow Act of 2023. The legislation would raise the debt ceiling by $1.5 trillion or until March 2024, whichever comes first, but also enact steps to cut to government spending. Those cuts include rolling back spending levels to fiscal year 2022 and canceling the president's student loan forgiveness program, rescinding 
the funding for the IRS, getting rid of the green energy tax credit, and enacting stricter work requirements for federal aid programs. Well, because time is running out, House leadership wants to pass this bill this week. Well, the thing about this is that there's a major issue. The Speaker doesn't have the votes within his own Republican caucus. It's likely that no House Democrat will vote for this bill, so Speaker McCarthy has to rely solely on his own party to get this bill across the finish line. He needs 218 votes to get it passed, which means he can only afford to lose four Republican votes. And as of today, based on public statements made by several House Republicans, it looks like he would lose more than that. Now, that doesn't mean that the Speaker won't eventually get the votes. He absolutely could. But it just means that as of this moment, they aren't there. This week, President Biden said he would veto the Limit Save Grow Act if it made it to his desk, calling it a, quote, reckless attempt to extract extreme concessions as a condition for the United States simply paying the bills it has already incurred, end quote. The president's stance for months, as we've reported plenty of times here, is that he is willing to talk about budget cuts, but they cannot be attached to the debt ceiling. He says they are two separate issues. And even if McCarthy can get 218 votes or more in the House to pass this bill, it will most definitely fail in the Senate where Democrats have control. Things are getting spicy over the ethics of the Supreme Court justices. Senate Judiciary Chairman Dick Durbin sent a letter to Chief Justice John Roberts last week. Durbin asked him to appear at a public Senate committee hearing on May 2nd to testify about the ethical rules that govern the highest court in the land. This, of course, comes after the bombshell reporting about Justice Clarence Thomas's lack of disclosure over luxury vacations he was gifted and property sales to mega donors. And we have seen this before. Sitting justices have testified about ethics in front of a congressional committee, but it has been a while. The last time was back in October of 2011. But Durbin ends the letter by saying, quote, The time has come for a new public conversation on ways to restore confidence in the court's ethical standards, end quote. Chief Justice John Roberts has tested or has notified rather Senate Judiciary Committee Chairman Dick Durbin that he won't testify at an upcoming hearing on the Supreme Court ethics. Quote, I must respectfully decline your invitation, Robert wrote in a letter to Durbin, which was released by a spokesperson from the High Court on Tuesday. Quote, testimony before the Senate Judiciary Committee by the Chief Justice of the United States is extraordinarily rare, as one might expect, in light of the separation of powers concerns and the importance of preserving judiciary independence, Roberts wrote. And without addressing Durbin's specific concerns over ethics, Roberts simply attached a statement of ethics principles and practices to which he said all of the current members of the Supreme Court subscribe to. Okay, let's talk about the new mortgage policy from the federal government that basically subsidized the fees for home buyers with bad credit scores by increasing the fees on buyers with good credit scores. I have all the facts about these big changes as if you're actually interested in this topic. To fully understand that, what's going on, you're going to want to watch this section probably a few times because it's a ton of information me and Nick are about to lay out for you. 
And just like everything with the federal government, it's complicated, but we are going to simplify it as much as we can. First, let's talk about who this does not affect. This policy change in loan fees from the Federal Housing Finance Agency does not impact anyone that has existing mortgages. If you have a mortgage right now, this does not apply to you. This does not apply if you are getting a mortgage from a company other than Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac. If you're getting your mortgage somewhere else, this also does not apply to you. But in reality, Freddie and Fannie Mae loans are usually the most inexpensive, so lots of people do use them. Second, these aren't new fees. These are upfront fees that have always existed. This new policy change just increases these fees for some buyers and decreases these fees for others. The federal government said these changes go hand in hand with its policy to promote substances and equality across the affordable housing, especially for certain first-time homebuyers, low-income borrowers, and underserved communities. These loan level prices adjust fees or LLPAs are generally based on your credit score and how much of the down payment you're bringing to the table. So what's changing as of May 1st is which buyers pay which fees. Buyers who would previously be considered risky with generally lower credit scores and less money down will see cheaper fees and those with generally higher credit scores and anywhere between 10 to 20% down will see higher fees. So how much higher and how much lower will these fees be? Well, it could be hundreds or thousands of dollars depending on several factors. So let's break down this chart here. If you have a credit score below 679 and less money in a down payment, you will generally see cheaper fees. Let's take the extreme case, for example, somebody with a credit score of less than 639 and putting down 3% in the past would be considered a risky buyer and your LLPA fee was 3.5%. After May 1st, your LLPA fee would be 1.75%, which is a reduction in your fee by 1.75%. Also, if you have a higher credit score, and ironically enough, you put less down anywhere between 3 to 5%, you're also going to see cheaper fees. And you can see right in the chart, those with credit scores between 680 and 779, who put down between 10 to 20%, will generally see an increase in fees anywhere between 0.13% and 0.75%. And depending on the size of your loan amount, that could mean hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars in extra fees up front. So what should you do if you're in that category? Look, the bottom line to all of this is that if you're really serious about buying a home, you need to find a lender that you can trust Talk to him or her about your personal situation and what's going to be best for you and your family. Speaking of homes and interest rates, let's look at the market. The housing market nationwide is slowing down. According to the National Association of Realtors, in March, we saw the biggest home price drop in 11 years. $375,700 is the median existing home price. That's a 9.2% drop in the price from June 2022 and a nine-tenths of a drop from March 2022. The biggest price declines were in the West, 22% drop in existing home sales between March 2023 and March 2022. We'll see if the Fed raises interest rates again when they meet in May. 
should elected officials and politicians be allowed to block you from the public social media accounts if you criticize them or take opposing viewpoints from them? The Supreme Court is going to weigh in. It's an issue that the Supreme Court has decided to take up next term. The court announced Monday that it would be hearing two cases with conflicting rulings. O'Connor Roll Cliff versus Gamer and Linked versus Fred. In the first case, Michelle O'Connor Radcliffe and TJ Zane were two members of a school board in Southern California who who used their Facebook and Twitter pages to communicate with the public. Christopher and Kimberly Garner were two parents whose kids attend one of the district schools overseen by the board. The Garners criticized the board members. Sometimes they spammed the criticisms on Zane and O'Connor Radcliffe's social media pages. Both board members eventually blocked the parents, and the Gardner said not today, and brought their case to federal court, arguing that the school board members violated their First Amendment rights by blocking them. Both the lower court and the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals sided with the Gardner family, saying because the board members were acting in their government capacity, blocking the Gardners was a First Amendment violation. The other case had the completely opposite outcome. In Linke v. Freed, Linke is a resident of Port Huron, Michigan, and he did not approve of the way the city handled the COVID-19 pandemic. So he let city official James Freed know on his personal Facebook page, and he let him know a lot. Freed ultimately blocked Linke, and like the gardeners, Linke sued in federal court. But the outcome of his case was very different. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals said that Free did not violate Linke's First Amendment rights because Free did not operate his Facebook page as part of his duties as the city manager. At the heart of the cases is the question, are the social media pages being used for personal or government business purposes? And in this day and age, is there really a difference? You won't be seeing Tucker Carlson on the air at Fox News anymore. Monday morning, seemingly out of nowhere, Fox released a press release saying Carlson and Fox have agreed to part ways. It went on to say, quote, we thank him for his service to the network. And Fox says that last Friday night was his last show. But Fox News tonight will continue to air with a rotating cast of hosts until a new official host is named. First, Tucker Carlson, now Don Lemon. Just a few minutes after Fox fired Carlson, CNN announced he had parted ways with Don Lemon, saying he will always be part of the CNN family and that the network will be cheering on his future endeavors. The CNN Morning Show host posted to his social media account that he was informed by his agent that he was terminated by CNN. His statement claims that no one in CNN management told him directly and quote, at no time was I ever given any indication that I would not be able to continue to do the work that I have loved at the network, end quote. He went on to thank his colleagues and ended by saying, quote, I wish them all the best. Lemon was moved from his evening time slot to a revamped morning show along with co-hosts Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins just a few months ago. Lemon's statement says, quote, it is clear that there are some other larger issues at play, end quote. CNN released a response to Lemon's statement saying it was inaccurate and Lemon was offered an opportunity to meet with management about the decision. 
Getting into rapid news, authorities in the Mexican resort of Cancun said Tuesday they are trying to identify eight bodies found dumped in the Caribbean resort. A former RT has pleaded guilty in the deaths of two patients at a Missouri hospital two decades ago. And Disney is suing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, alleging political effort to hurt its business. Nick, what do you got for this Friday morning good news? All right. So we're back to animal good news stories, animal based good news stories, because I just keep finding them and they keep being wonderful. So there was a two year old pit bull by the name of Strawberry who was facing euthanasia because it uh, she had mange she had a couple lumps on her head and so she was going to be euthanized but she was then rescued by a shelter and they continued to put updates on her progress there at the shelter on social media well one day one woman found the updates and continued to follow them for quite some time now she's a mother of uh two kids and they all wanted to bring the dog home her, her husband, the kids, they just, they wanted this dog. And so they brought her home. They gave her a home. And at first, you know, she was a little nervous. Of course, she's been moved around so much. She faced so much. But now, a couple weeks in, she is so healthy, so happy. She loves the kids. The kids play with her all the time. The husband uh, takes naps with her all the time. So this dog went from facing euthanasia had mange, had lumps on her head, to being saved, to getting a home, to getting a family, and is now as happy as a dog can be. And I just love these stories, and I had to bring this one here. That is an awesome good news story, Nick. That is the end of this Friday morning news episode. We will be back here Sunday morning for what to expect by the week of April 30th. Till then, everybody, enjoy the start of your weekend, everybody. Lord knows I'm ready for it. Me too. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.